This afternoon, I'm chatting with Simon Jarvis, CEO, Mentoring Men. Yes. Hello. How are you doing? I'm, yes. Getting there. Getting there, wherever (laughs) it is that that is. Yes. No, thanks for joining me. I I really appreciate it. And I know you're in Canberra just for a few days. Yeah. Yeah. But I hear an accent, so I'm interested to know whereabouts you come from. Sure. So originally I'm from, uh, you can obviously tell, I'm from the UK, a place called Reading, just outside uh, London, in between London and and Bristol. It's actually where Ricky Gervais is from. So um, I get called that a lot over here. That you get called what? Ricky Gervais. He's a comedian. And, oh, okay. Uh, oh, Ricky Gervais. <laughs> yeah. So uh, I, I I'm told a lot that I sound a lot like him. So that's where my accent comes from. It's from a place called Reading in, in England. But I've been here for uh, 15 years now. So quite a while. I have my wife and family are over here. So hmm. wasn't there an Air Force base there in Reading during the war? Mm, yeah, there was. There was a um, one just outside in a place called Burfield. Uh, and then there's been a couple uh, around the area as well. So Aldermaston is is where they uh, made all the uh, interestingly all the bombs. Uh, and so the area itself is quite significant with with the air force and with the uh, military over in the UK. Yeah, and I think that we had Australians based there at one point. Yeah, probably. Uh, I know that we had uh, a fair few of Americans that, that kind of came through our, our town as well, and definitely the uh, the Australians were there as well. Uh, the, the town itself is actually such a, a variety, a melting pot of, of cultures and, and and religions and and where people come from. It's it's a really interesting place to live because of that, and you have you're immersed in such different cultures all the time, and you know it's it's amazing for that. So yeah, I. I uh, I did love living there, but I'm I'm glad I'm over here now. Yeah. So why why did you come to Australia? Uh, for a girl, actually. <laughs> <laughs> Not the girl I'm with now, but a girl oh. when I was younger. And then uh, while I was here, I I uh, fell in love with with someone else. And uh, after after that girl, and and now I have two beautiful children, uh, Sam who's five and Harper who's two. Uh, and yeah, like I suppose from that point of view, happily ever after. I, I don't think I'm ever going back to the UK now. No, well, you don't want to go there because they've got temperatures like what we have here in summertime. <laughs> yeah, I've been reading that. So my parents, uh, I, I speak to them regularly uh, uh, over the uh, over the phone and on um, and on Skype, and uh, uh, they're complaining about the weather. I'm, what are you moaning about? That's a perfect summer's day over here. So um, <laughs> what? Thirty degrees. <laughs> thirty degrees is but forty. Mm. Well, yeah, forty's getting up there, but but it's only for a couple of days over there. So I'm sure they'll be able to cope. But yeah, I, I do understand that the weather is or, or their buildings aren't built for that kind of heat. So that's where the issues. Australian come buildings from. aren't built for that kind of heat either we don't have double glazing here as a a standard in canberra i mean most of the places aren't designed for cold weather and the extremes no well i'm originally from sydney like so i've just come down for a few days so it's a little bit warmer up there but not much but being english i don't mind the cold anyway so i'm happy to walk around and and actually feel the the cold for once so yeah yeah so you've come down here Mm. to what meet with people network yeah, so to share with you a little bit about what, what Mentoring Men is to start with. So we're a, a not-for-profit organization that supports men who need some uh, guidance or some help in, in making decisions or supporting themselves through challenges in life. And they're not always the, the negative challenges in life. They can be things like, you know, getting married, buying a house, you know, getting promoted at work, having your first child. Uh, as well as all the difficult things like divorce and uh, and death and, and isolation and losing your job. 
But what we find is it, it's the little things in life that kind of build up and build up and build up that then all of a sudden you have a large a large issue that you're not sure how to deal with and how to manage. And um, men especially aren't very good at opening up and sharing those kind of things. And what we generally find is even within group environments, you know, it, it's great to be able to get out there and, and have that social social life and to be able to, uh, you know, talk to other people. But the things that are really difficult, you don't, you generally don't talk in a, in a group space. So what we do is provide uh, those men with a, a free life mentor and they're all volunteer based. So uh, all our, all our mentors are volunteers that come through our organization by either having a lived experience themselves or have had some experiences in life that they just want to give back something. Mm-hmm. I kind of explain it as it's like guys who need a little bit for guys who can give a little bit. Mm. and and so from there we've really built our organization and, and one of the things that we're we're doing is, is looking to expand we did start in sydney but we have small cohorts of men uh in in queensland and and in uh victoria and also in the act as well mm. so i've really just come down to kind of talk to those guys and you know catch up with them and see how they're going uh as well as talk to a few different organizations down here too and we're talking especially with the uh navitas which is at the the higher education college here that's for international students because one of the things that we've recognized is that uh, when you do move over here it is such a, a difference and you know it, and you can sometimes lose that sense of community and if you don't have anyone that you can talk to it becomes very isolating for you so one of mm-hmm. the things that we want to do is ensure that these guys are are able to connect in a way that allows them to feel safe and to feel heard and to feel in a non-judgmental environment and hopefully maybe find someone that they can you know talk about those things that are going on in their life and 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 what they're going through uh especially living away from home and and a lot of the guys are are at younger age in their early 20s uh and again that's a um that's a difficult time to be away from your family so so that's one of the reasons that we're down here is to to share what our organization is, what we do, how we do it, and and hopefully support some guys on the on, on the way. Mm. I want to go back a little bit mm. to when you said men making decisions about maybe getting married or mm. something like that. What's the challenge? Why is it hard? Look, I, so- I'm a woman, so you know I'm not going to understand that because women will will end up talking to somebody in the supermarket or yeah. the hairdresser. It'll come out someplace. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think for men, it's an internal thing. That's a, that's one of the problems. And and in the past, we've been told, you know, that as a man, you're not really able to talk about those things. There's still a little bit of a stigma about it, I think, in terms of discussing uh, some of those issues. And like I said, getting married, it's not a bad thing. It just might be that there's some changes in your life that are going on that you want to talk through. So uh, to share an experience that I had, uh, not necessarily about marriage, but actually having my first child, Sam, I remember going to the uh, to the doctors with my wife and, and, you know, they're going through the checks and, and they're kind of talking about what's going to happen and what's going on and what she's going to expect. And I just remember being sat there going, like, I have no idea what I'm doing and I have no idea what I'm meant to be doing and how am I going to be a good dad and I've you know I can't even look after myself half the time so how am I going to have to look after someone else and I really wish at that point uh, you know there was a, a, a dad that was maybe two or three years along the line from me that kind of said to me you know what it's all right like these things are going to happen you know issues are going to come up but you'll get through them and yes there's going to be times where you feel worried about what's going on at home or you might feel pressure because you're not providing 
thing, but those things are going to go away and, and they're not forever. And for me, that's one of the key reasons why I'm so passionate about mentoring men is because there are a lot of times when, it, it like I said, it's not the difficult things. Like It's not the things that are always in an immediate reaction or, or need an emergency response or a crisis management. It's the things that just build up and build up and build up. And uh, and and so for me, that's that that's why I think it's so important that men do have that someone to talk to. Mm. Is it sort of that there might be an expectation that you display a particular behaviour and 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 that you men are sort of seen as not having to know what they do, that what they're doing and that they're strong enough to make a decision. Is that part of it? I think so. I think what's happened, I definitely think that there's a shift and a change in the way that men are thinking about things. And and I don't think the the younger generations that are coming through have quite the the same difficulties as maybe the older generations do in terms of opening up and sharing but for me i think it's there's still a bravado there and and there's still a a, a macho environment that you know you might have been brought up by a a, a, a father or, or or a parent figure who who hasn't been able to open up to you and open to share things and so you're struggling I would say that a lot of the guys that we come through aren't actually the younger guys. It is the guys who are in there like early 30s, mid 30s, you know, early 40s. That that's when all of a sudden a lot of changes in life are happening. Uh, and and if you don't have that person or you've ever been told it's okay to open up, it's okay to share, you you just don't do it. And um, and I know from my own experiences, you know, I'm a, a by trade, I'm a psychologist, but I'm always a person that you know says do as I say, not as I do, because uh, you know, in my own head, sometimes I can get stuck and lost, and and I find it hard to open up. And you know, I, I've been told that that's okay. Mm-hmm. So like, I I think for me, it, it's it, it's just allowing that space to grow organically in that conversation as well, which is why we manage those uh, relationships over six to twelve months and onwards. Because what we find as well is it is there are a lot of services out there that you can go to that are paid. So, for instance, you can go to a psychologist, you can go to a counsellor, you can go to the GP and get your, uh, you know, your your mental health care plan. But what we find is when that stops and if you can't afford to, to carry on those psychological services, where do you go? What do you do? And, mm. and you've usually been given the tools to be able to manage, you know, what's going on in your life. But if you've got no one that's going to help prop those up, keep you up to date keep encouraging you on on that journey uh, mm, because uh, it's a it, it's about kind of a, a a growth as well in terms of your emotional uh, yeah. literacy a- absolutely a- absolutely and uh, the way that i see mentoring and mentoring men in, in this life mentoring environment is that it it, it should become part of uh, you know just your culture of, of what you do is having someone to check in with and it's not necessarily that it should be you know, okay, I've got this for a year and then I'm good. Life is cyclical in terms of, you know, there are times when things are great and you feel like you can share and you feel like you can support someone else that's going through, you know, maybe something that that, that you've experienced. And then other times, you know, you're going to be that person that needs that support. So what we're trying to do in Mentoring Men is not only provide that mentoring, but build that education around that it's actually healthy to have people to reach out to and that it's healthy to go and speak to someone. Yeah. I was thinking a little bit about the sort of sometimes I've personally experienced it that I can't find I'll I'll be triggered off by something but I can't identify the word connected 
to the feeling that I've got. Mm-hmm. And I've heard that it's even harder for men if they haven't been uh, grown up in a, a, a nurturing environment whereby people are encouraging someone to say, what is it you're feeling? Are you angry? Mm. But the, somebody told me a couple of years ago when I interviewed them that men only experience two things. Uh, was it anger and something else? And that the rest of the emotions are kind of harder for them to describe at times. And I wonder, is that part of what what you're doing is sort of assisting with that? Yeah, absolutely. And you are right. And again, we're talking very general terms. There are some people who are extremely articulate uh, articulate and can share what they're going through. But it's that emotional intelligence to understand the range of emotions that you go through. And like you said, you know, like men, they're either angry or they're hungry, basically. <laughs> well, I don't know. That wasn't, but, wasn't me. That no. Said it was but, actually a man, a young man that I was talking yes. to. And he said that. And I thought, oh, that's very interesting, actually. Yeah. it's it, And it is true. Like, if you've never had someone who's able to talk you through some of the, some of what you're feeling and, and how to manage that appropriately, that's where it all falls down and where communication falls down, especially in relationships. If you're not able to express how you're feeling and, and what you're going through at that point in time with with your partner who's meant to be the closest person to you, it's very hard to then be able to do that out in, in public. And and so what we aim to do as part of our, our mentoring, and we train our mentors to do this, is to be able to support them in 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 pulling out some of those emotions and, and pulling out that reasoning behind why they do the things they do. We don't try and find solutions for people. That's not what mentoring is. Nine times out of ten, I find that people already have the answer of what they're going to do. What we're trying to do is help them understand why they've come to that decision and, and why they've they come want a to sounding that. board. Yeah, exactly right. Just yeah, almost like a mirror or a, something to hear back. So does it make sense? Bit of affirmation sometimes. Yeah, a bit of affirmation and validation. Yeah, yeah. absolutely, absolutely. And like I said, if you can just have someone that, that can kind of ask the right questions of what's going on as well. So you know, if someone comes to you and says, you know, I've got this going on at home and I'm not sure how to manage it. And you start to you start to talk through that and talk through the emotion that comes with that as well. You know, a, a lot of the behaviours they're there for a reason, right? And it's just pulling out what that what that reason is, and and from that, and you understand why you're doing that. You can then understand how you can manage that appropriately. Mm-hmm. So, how long is the training? Are you looking for men to become involved as mentors? Always, we're always looking for good mentors and for good and for and for mentees, especially you know in in the ACT and and and, uh, and in the regional areas as well. We, we are always looking for 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 good guys that can come in and support us. Really, you don't need to have any qualifications. You don't need to have any specific skills apart from being able to be a good listener. The rest is really taught by us in our training. So our our mentor training is free for anybody who wants to attend and if you go to our website you can see where the where the training is Uh, and basically in that training what we do is we focus on again like basically the the active listening and the active participation in listening of 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 being a mentor we talk through 
active questioning. And, and what I mean by that is there's different levels of questioning. So it's whether you're looking to understand the decision that's being made or you're trying to draw someone towards the decision that they've made or you're actually just trying to delve deeper. So we talk about the different levels of questioning that there is within, you know, within mentoring. And, and so it's a day and a half of training uh, and uh, it's usually for about 12 guys at a time. And, you know, it's just incredibly insightful. The other thing that we try and do as well is through that mentoring is actually put the guys that are going through the training under a bit of kind of emotional processing themselves because we want them to understand what it means for someone to be brave enough to to share their, you know, to share their story or to share what's going on with them. So we find it's invaluable and it's probably the most important part of our training of being a mentor is getting people to understand and to put them in that experience themselves that they can then, you know, express what's going on with them. And I would say a lot of the time, a lot of the guys that we train kind of decide that they actually want to mentor uh, they want a mentor they don't want to be a mentor in the end because they recognize that there's probably things they want to talk through as well yeah so and uh, so it, it kind of also helps if somebody's thinking oh yeah this would be great but then finding maybe they they might not be the right fit for it yeah well it's not about being the right fit it's about the right time i think so i think that everyone in their journey like i said earlier it's a secular thing so one minute or like you know like in the first six months you might be feeling great and you can go and be a mentor and you can go and do those things that are you know that are valuable to, to other people and then other times something will happen and you'll be like oh I'm not sure how to manage this I'm not sure how to to cope with this so we uh, so we you need a mentor you need a mentor at that time so I don't always think it's being the right person because I think everyone has it in them to be a mentor hmm. I just think it's the time frame and, and where you are in your own situation in your own life that allows you to have that freedom of being able to do that or not mm. it sounds it sounds really interesting. I wanted to ask, what about somebody who has a diagnosis of mm. a severe mental illness? Yeah. Is that a little bit more tricky in terms of providing mentoring? Yeah. Look, we uh, we are not a crisis management service. So uh, if there is someone that's going through, uh, you know, I suppose a bigger need than what we can provide, because we also have to be aware that we have to be safe towards both our mentors and our mentees. So we have to make sure that we are uh, we're supporting them in the right way. Again, what we generally do is when we because everyone that comes through our, our organization is either a mentor or a mentee, we chat to them and we find out where they're at, what they want to do, why they're doing the program whether it is being either a mentor or a mentee. And if we do find that there is someone that maybe needs a little bit more support than what we can provide at that point in time, we're able to refer them on to other organisations and other services. So we do work quite closely with counselling and psychology, psychological services, GPs, uh, uh, social workers. So, you know, if we do find that there is someone that we just can't support right now because of where they're at in their life, then we all uh, refer them on. But what we do also do is, you know, we follow up with that. So in six months time, we'll just see whether where they're at with their kind of support, where they're at with their current therapy. And if they do feel like they want to come on and and uh, and be a men- uh, mentee or a, at that point in time. So Again, like I said, it's not that we can't support them. It's just that it's where they're at in that situation and we'll refer on where we need to. Uh, But we will also co-facilitate and co-support as well. So it might be that we're working alongside someone who is uh, rehabilitating from uh, drugs and alcohol. 
and so they've gone through their kind of their initial program they've gone through the the, the detoxing process and and have maybe gone into a rehab and coming out of that they just want someone that's going to help prop them up and keep them almost like a sponsor but they'd have their like sponsor from the from the clinic but then they would have someone you know that they can just talk to about life in general mm, mm. With this, do you also support people who are on the NDIS who require mentoring? But Yeah, we do. Absolutely. Uh, we are a free service. So we're not an NDIS registered organization in terms of we don't charge for our services at all. But yes, we do have some guys who have either a physical or mental disability who, who requ- uh, require support uh, from, a, uh, from an ongoing point of view. But we are able to provide that mentoring program for those guys as well. We've, we've had a number of people like that come through. Mm. If it's free service, yeah. how are you funding it? How are you keeping it going? Yeah, it, it's really, uh, it's tough. I'm not going to lie. And, and uh, obviously, there's so much need at the moment in other areas yeah, of, of Australia. And, and yeah. so we're very conscious that, you know, what we ask and who we ask for, it's, it's really a priority of what's going on in your environment and, and going on in your community as well. Because obviously, you want to support your local community just as much as you do any other organization. But basically, we have some very generous funders who uh, and and philanthropists who have provided us with ongoing funding over the last three years we've only been around uh, three years as an organization as well we started with 50 to 50 dollars in the bank and a barbecue <laughs> around our founders house and we now have over 500 mentors and uh, mentees so we are really growing which shows the need but we do also get support uh, a small amount of support, support from from government organizations as well so the primary health networks and uh uh, we are looking to get support in this area as well to be able to to do that. So, you know, what we have in the ACT at the moment is is really organic from just word of mouth, from the fantastic support that we have from our mentors that are already down here. But we want to make sure that we've got someone on the ground here on a regular basis that can, you know, really talk about what we do and, and build that level of communication that, you know, it becomes much more community-led rather than just driven by us. Because really how I see it is, our community educational pieces are what's important and the byproduct of that is our mentoring so like we need to educate people that it's okay and if we have someone down here regularly that is able to kind of you know talk about that linking with other organizations you know we we want to collaborate we want to create a a wraparound service for someone because we understand that you know we're not we're not uh, a one-size-fits-all organization and we need to make sure that we're supporting people in the right way whatever that whatever they're looking for Mm. I think it sounds terrific. I can think of a number of people who might find it really valuable, but almost like having a friend to chat to, to just talk through. Yeah, absolutely. You're exactly right. That's all it is. Basically, it's just having a mate that's got no agenda apart from wanting to listen to you. It is not going to pass any judgment on what you're doing. and, and or, or be biased. Or be biased in any way. And, and what you just said, interestingly, although we are an organization just for uh, men, we recognize how important the females in, in these guys' lives are as well. I would say that close to 35 to 40% of the referrals that we get are from mums, wives, daughters, sisters who go to us and say, look, I think I've got someone here who, who could do with, you know, some support. And it takes a bit of time to kind of build that trust with that guy. But, you know, I, I would say that, you know, 80% of the time they, they come on and they find the service invaluable. Hmm. It just makes me think, do women really know how to talk to men about 
difficult issues or or is part of the problem that we put them under undue pressure to perform and solve things? It's I I I, I think I, I think it's a skill you see to yeah have a conversation without being because women sort of maybe tend to get a bit more emotional about stuff. I think and that that's there's... just uh, that's probably I shouldn't have said that. No, no, I, I hear what you're saying. I, I think. I hope. A... Thank you. I think you understand what I'm trying to say. I do because I think there's a place for both, right? Mm. And I and I think there's a place for for both supports. And there's no reason why you can't have both supports. You know, like I, I, I it's it's so invaluable that you have someone in your own home that you can talk to as well so for instance you know my my wife's my best friend and I talk to her about lots of different things but at the same time there are things that I go to someone else and I'm like oh my god this happened and you know they'll be like yeah that same happened to me as well you build that conversation and guys do think slightly differently and we do process things in slightly different ways and it's not that we don't want to talk to women about these issues it's just getting another perspective or hearing it from someone else's point of view and I don't think it's about putting undue pressure on someone I just think that there's different different not values but I suppose thought processes that that go behind why people make decisions they do and it's you know that the places that I've worked where we've uh, and I'm just going to share again, where I've worked where it's been a 50-50 split almost in, in male and female, they seem to have much more creative and much more open conversations because it's not always one-sided. There's not always one opinion that drives like, like drives you forward. And I think it's really healthy to have that challenging concept of kind of like different thought processes and different thought patterns. And it's not always about the male and female side. It's just having that different perspective uh and so for me i think that that's really what what supports us and and obviously we do have guys that come through and just say you know like i, I really want to talk to someone who you know who's who's a guy and, and has maybe gone through what i've gone through i think you know when you look at the the not-for-profit sector and when you look at kind of the the care sector and you know the ratio of, of male to female it's, it's it's very heavily skewed towards uh, uh um uh, the, the female's uh, gender so i think for us to be able to provide men supporting men it's it's invaluable mm. and you mentioned that you're doing work with young students from overseas mm. so people from culturally and linguistically diverse yes. backgrounds and there's a whole set of different challenges there. Absolutely. Because the cultural element might be there, a language element might be there. Could you discuss a little bit about how you navigate that? Yeah, of course. I'll give you an example. So, um, uh, one of the uh, fun, one of the grants that we have been provided by Southwest Sydney uh, up in New mm-hmm. South Wales is to support uh, both the culturally and linguistically diverse community uh, and the uh, indigenous communities. And so, one of the things that we really targeted was working with the Arabic men who have come over and have been uh, they're, they're refugees in, in, in terms of coming to Australia, and they may be a may have been here you know five years some of them have been here only maybe six months and what we did is is we work specifically with the leaders within those communities and again this is where we it's it's imperative that we get buy-in from from whoever we're talking to and and whoever is going to lead that you know believes in our values believes in the uh the, the the 
the the the view of what mentoring men is and 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 is willing to support us in that so we were very very lucky that we had a couple of guys in the arabic community who uh, who were leaders in that community and and really bought into what we wanted to do and we managed to get a group of around about 50 arabic men uh and what we very quickly uh realized is that how their mentoring work is not necessarily how we have always thought to do it in the past and it's much more about these clusters of men and and it's not that one-on-one but there's two or three men and there's always seems to be a, a leader in that group that kind of facilitates that and supports other people and then what we also did is because we translated the training uh, into uh, into Arabic as well, we found that there were differences in you know how we how we talk about uh, mental health, how we talk about depression, um, you know how we talk about mentoring and what that means and what that looks like for these different communities and cultures. Uh, so that was something that was a real eye opener for us and something that we again realized that mentoring is not a one size fits all and so we have to work with the leaders of those communities to be able to do that effectively and to to make that work so that's something that we're always trying to do is tailor what we do and trying to make it as easy as possible for people to access the the the, the services without having to kind of always work in the way that we want them to mm. um so so that was something that was a, a real positive but what we found coming out of the, the the arabic community is now that we're into our second year of running that program the guys that started to come through and needed someone they're now mentoring the new guys and we have this second uh cohort of of refugees that have come through that have been maybe here three to six months nine months and just getting them into kind of understanding Australian culture, understanding the way that things work over here, but then providing them with that community that they feel safe in is is so important. And so we've seen some real benefits mm. to that. Mm. With some of these people coming from situation where there's been trauma. Mm. Yeah, uh, massive. Yeah. So uh, we, uh, what I've been so surprised about uh, uh, with that community and uh, honored that they've been able to share what they've gone through but how open they are about what they've been been through and and what they're going through and how they feel on a day-to-day basis and um for me it's 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 been such a an eye-opener because you know regardless of you know my upbringing I've been incredibly privileged uh, uh, you know to to live in a country where I feel safe and I feel you know that I'm not going to be persecuted or attacked for my views opinions my religion and you know to to then speak to these guys about what they've gone through but the way that they share and the way that they open up it's just incredible uh, and and I think that there's something to be learned from that for everybody mm-hmm. mm. I I interviewed somebody Oh, it must be about two months ago now about a situation where I overheard a group of men talking and I was appalled at what I was hearing mm. and they were men who were in their, probably their 40s mm. and there was a young guy there, he was only 17, he was with his dad but it it, it really had me very worried about, mm. I suppose, how we've got this programs or uh, you know campaigns to sort of break down uh, abuse of women and yet we find that sometimes there's these pockets uh, where they're like the guardians of the uh, the old guard yeah and it's 
this is how they were brought up and yeah. they think that talking the way that they talk is okay and that it's not no. hurting or harming anybody, but it actually It's is. absolutely not okay, you know, and and you're, what you've said is absolutely right. There is still uh, sometimes an attitude out there that of this older, you know, almost archaic thinking around, you know, what women's roles are, how, you know, it's okay to talk to women in a certain way, the derogatory terms that, that come with that. And that's not okay. And one of the things that at Mentoring Men that we want to do is provide strong male role models that are believe in the values that we have and 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 that means respect for everybody that means understanding that people come from different places environments situations and that we can't make assumptions and judgments based on based on just what we see in front of us or, or what gender you are we need to understand that you know as we as we move through life now we have to respect everybody with the same rights and the same uh, and, and you know with the same thinking uh, that you would you know your your mate or, or you know someone down the road from you everyone deserves that respect and um what we want to see more of at mentoring men is is being able to develop that being able to develop your skills of being able to understand where people come from being able to ask questions and so if you're not sure on something and if you're not if if you don't understand anything understand something you can ask like it's okay you know like it's much more respectful to ask than to just shy away and then have your own opinion based on no values at all Mm. um so it's really important that as we are changing in our community and as we're developing our you know our understanding around what's right in this world we have to bring people along the the road the the route as well and like you said that's not just the young guys that's that's actually older guys as well i think it's i think it's the problem is is the middle-aged men sorry to those that are sort of uh, embracing and, and respectful of women and so on but was just for me this is where i have encountered mm. that so one of the things that we have come across anecdotally from from our uh, uh, organization and the people that we support is the feeling that men have of, of being displaced in their own community or, or in their own environment at this point in time. And I think it's invaluable to understand that uh, having female supports and, and the mental health supports and all the health services that are out there for women is invaluable. We absolutely need to have those. But it also needs to be there for for men as well. And one of the things that that men are coming to the understanding around is is that it's important that we understand women's rights and the understanding that, you know, we need to provide the right environments for women to be able to thrive in in both their own life and their own career. But at the same time, we need to educate men on on what that actually looks like. So it's all well and good saying this is what we're driving for. This is the new thing that we want. But at the same time, if we're not allowing men to be able to be educated around what that actually looks like for them, that's sometimes where we find that there is this misogyny that comes out because everyone has a, a fear of what's going on in their life. Or, you know, if there's a change, generally people don't like change unless you talk through that and that's where sometimes you might find that there's a a form of um, microaggressions that happen or that there's you know even you know larger aggression and and physical uh, abuse that can happen you know it's 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 not always 
that it just happens for no reason. There's usually a reason for what's going on. And and so I think that as we're changing as a, as a society where we're supporting women more, and I'm all for that, like I think that that's incredibly important that we ensure that women are valued for what they do and for what they provide and understand that they need to have as much rights in the in the workplace as every other person but what we need to do is is bring men along on that on that journey as well and uh and educate them around what that actually looks like because i think for me that's something that we're 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 hearing a lot within within our organization and my last question is around people from lgtbiq plus Mm who might also be from a multicultural background. Are you providing mentoring support for uh, members of that group? Yeah, we are. So uh, mentoring men is for every man in Australia. So we don't discriminate uh, uh, on race, ethnicity, culture, you know, gender, uh, um, you know, gender diversity. And so for us, we don't care who you are. We just want you to get the support that you that you need. And we we do that in multiple different ways in terms of how we match. All our matches are done uh, individually. So we uh, are talking to all our mentors, we're talking to all our mentees and we get together and go, look, I think these would be a good fit. But yes, we actually have a number of uh, groups uh, that, that support men uh, at LGBTQI in community. So, so yeah, we're for everybody, basically. Yeah, no, terrific. So if anybody is interested in getting in touch, how do they contact you? Yeah, well, they can go to our website, which is www.mentoringmen.org.au. Uh, and we do have a telephone number as well you can call. So if you want to get in touch with us, you can call us uh, on one three hundred five eight three nine two five, or you can go to mentoringmen.org.au and you can get in touch with us and and uh, and we'll get in, uh, and we'll call you back and and we'll try and help you and or start to put you through the mentoring process yourself. Mm. Are you on Facebook as well? We are on Facebook and on LinkedIn. They're all just mentoring men. So if you look us up, you can find us on there. Uh, Facebook, LinkedIn, and uh, uh, Instagram as well. I'm not a massive Instagrammer, but uh, uh, uh. it's just a separate, a different platform where it people is. can connect with you because not everybody's into Facebook or. Yeah, so we're well aware of that. So we try and we we try and span all of the uh, all of the social media, and uh, but yeah, you can if you just Google us, you'll find us. Yeah. Is there anything you want to add? Uh, no, I, I really, I just want to say thank you so much uh, for uh, giving me the time to talk about what we do and 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 share some of the the values that we have at mentoring men. We, like I said before, we are for every man in Australia, and we really want to support people. and And the idea of providing men with the opportunity to to be able to talk about what's going through in their life is is something that shouldn't just be seen as a as a one off. It should be an ongoing thing throughout their life. Mm, no, it sounds it sounds really terrific, and and definitely one of those gaps in need that hasn't been addressed and and it's great that you're doing that yeah thank you thank you yeah no thanks too okay